What is going on, everyone? I'm Devin Ublin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ronnie Flores, and this is the Baldus Life original show, On the Rise. On today's episode, we're taking a closer look at Gonzaga's sophomore forward, Drew Timmy, one of the more skilled players in all of college basketball. Ronnie, take us through the rundown of his high school career. Yeah, Devin, with Drew Timmy, uh, his high school career wasn't the typical high school career you see of somebody that we've been talking about so far on on the rise in terms of a, just a natural, you know, top 10 prospect and then a top 10 NBA draft prospect. It's such uh, an explosive conversation when we talk about Drew Timmy and such a, a big range of what people think he's capable of and his pr- potential. So he wasn't a tier one prospect as an underclassman. And and that's, I think, the same thing as we talk about later on this show of what his NBA draft potential is we're going to divulge into. You know, according to our Texas sources, he was always a top 10, 7 to 10 player in his class, played for pro skills, and then he really blew up as a rising senior on the EYBL circuit, you know, Drive Nation as, as a senior. He was rewarded for that play. He played in the McDonald's All-American game, and he played in the Ball's Life All-American game. Obviously, our Texas guys really knew how good he was. You know, he was very a player that was very uh, photogenic. You know, he was vid- good on video, a kid you wanted to watch. And he was pretty productive in high school, but again, he wasn't on the top tier of players in his class in 219, but he did earn all district MVP honors, and obviously he's doing well in his two years at Gonzaga. Perfect, Ronnie. Yeah, let's jump into the strengths of Drew Timmy real quick. I'll start. And I think, like I said in the in the intro, he's one of the more skilled players in college basketball. You can't take that away from him, from his, his face-up ability, uh, touch around the basket with either hand, uh, back to the basket, you know, creativity where you can, you know, get guys to bite on shot fakes, go up and under and finish. Um, he does well, you know, using the the rim to protect against rim protectors, right? So you know, he's not the the most athletic or most explosive guy, but his craftiness with his his ball skills and his his shot fakes and pass fakes and ability to kind of use the basket to shield himself from rim protectors and allow him to finish at a high rate. And Ronnie, he's up in the mid sixty percent. Uh, from the field, you know, at, at, during his sophomore year at Gonzaga. So that shows that even though, and again, he's only shooting, you know, 0.7 attempts from three. So that shows even though he has a lack of vertical explosiveness, that he still can finish around the basket and in the paint um, despite that. And, you know, I like him as a, as a pick and pop kind of guy. Uh, I think he needs to, we'll get into this later, but I think he needs to be more consistent from three. But I think pick and pop from, um, you know, 15 to 17 feet. I think he has that. And I think pick and pop and then, you know, on that mismatch, overpowering smaller defenders and, uh, you know, backing them down into the post and finishing off the glass, he can do that because he's so skilled. Um, and then, you know, in, in transition, he runs the floor hard. He, you know, establishes early post position. He, he seals well. He gets guys on his backside and, uh, you know, gives a big target for entry passes. And then in ball screen action, you know, his footwork, his hands, um, you know, his, his IQ, those all come to light in that ball screen action because he's screens well, rolls to the basket well, he has great hands, and he can finish in tight quarters, you know. He can catch a bad pass and make something out of it. And then he's a great high-low passer. Um, he draws, you know, double teams on the post, finds open shooters. And in the high post, he can, you know, throw a, a post entry pass as good as a guard. And Ronnie, I think, you know, ball skills wise and IQ wise, he's a guy who can play that point forward role 
where he can rebound and push. He can be a guy if there's a press break needed. He can be a guy who who you know handles that. It's kind of similar to what Evan Moby does for USC. He can handle a press break yeah. and an offense. And he can I like I like him in that trail role on on a fast break. Being the guy who trails the play at the top of the key, catch, you know, swing, go set a a, a screen off the ball and get the yeah. offense. Um, and you know, for Timmy, it's, it's all about IQ. Uh, you know, he's 6'10", 235, got a big body. Um, but he also has, you know, his footwork is really good. He's light on his feet, even though he looks yeah. like he's heavy on his feet. Um, and then again, just creativity in, in the paint with shot fakes up and unders and touch with either hand off the, off the glass or off the, you know, off the rim, really. Uh, he kind of has that whole Euro style big man package, uh, that we see. <laughs> that we see kind yeah. of prevalent in the NBA right now and being able to be a guy who's effective, even though he's not athletic. Uh, let's go into your strengths, Ronnie. Yeah, Devin, as far as my strengths go, um, you know, I, I get going back to the efficiency and sticking to strengths. Those are the things I see again. It's a, it's kind of a, a whole, uh, Baltimore production of what you said with all the details of his game. Sure. And I'm just thinking of the higher line, uh, portions of his game. Even when he came off the bench last season as a freshman, you know, he still went for double figures in 16 of his 33 games. So I like the efficiency. He doesn't take up a lot of volume. He shot 62% from the field then, and this season even better, over 65%. And he's shooting more, and he's, he's, he's more of a focal point of defense. So I like that he's obviously expanded his game or got more comfortable. He's obviously in a, a, a great position with Gonzaga, but there's, there's a reason for that. I think the other thing I like, is a, a small things that make a difference. Again, you knew Devin, especially you, you like, uh, you know, the versatility and, and you like the skill, regardless of athleticism and length and things like that. I, I like those small things in terms of terrific teammates and, and bringing out other players' game. I just think that production of volume ratio just makes it easy to see why, you know, there's a reason why Gonzaga's undefeated. Again, maybe it could be a little bit of his, uh, the opponents they're playing, and we'll get into that when we talk about weaknesses. But uh, there's a reason why Gonzaga's undefeated. You know, look at his numbers. You know, 7.3 rebounds, pretty good assist to turnover ratio, averaging 18.9 points. And, I mean, how many bad shots he's taken? Obviously, I'm looking at the film. I've seen a couple games. I haven't seen really one bad shot. So you understand spacing and knows how to move well. As you mentioned, he's really good with, with Suggs and Andrew Nemhart moving. And I think that will be even, you know, something that an NBA team can use when he when he gets there, they're gonna say, "Hey, wow, this guy can do a lot of different different things." And like you said, if he can show that he can extend his range and, and shoot a little more from the outside, as you said, as a trail man, face up, beat his guy going left or right, top of the key, or, or you got to show he can hit that three to keep them honest. Because like you said, he's not gonna be uh, you know finishing over guys the same way he is now. But that may not matter if he finds his role. And, and goes to the right optimal position and to the location like he is now in college. It was a great pick for him to go to Gonzaga. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gonzaga kind of fits what he does offensively with IQ-wise, moving the ball, kind of a fluid offense and, and floor spacing. And that floor spacing is just going to get even more, uh, I guess, more obvious at the NBA level because that's what it's all about is is sure. floor spacers opening the, opening the game up and you know opening driving lanes. And I think Timmy's a guy – who will be able to stretch the floor, not with not with just shooting, but with passing, right? Yeah. Kind of like what, what Draymond Green does a little bit um, with his just IQ, toughness, uh, just 
you know, knack to make things happen and intangibles. That's what I like most about Timmy. Two things, versatility and intangibles, Ronnie. Let's move into the weaknesses. I'm going to let you start this one off. Let me know your weaknesses for Drew Timmy. Yeah, Devin, as far as the weaknesses, I want to take it back to high school. You know, at Pierce High School, Richardson, Texas. Again, our guy Brad, you know, knew all about him, would always tell us about him. And, and again, people, he was on people's radar, but he wasn't on the national radar. So I'm looking at his rankings, Devin. Uh, 247 has him 57. Rivals had him 36. ESPN had him 47. So obviously the national scouts didn't think he was athletic or explosive enough to be higher or make the impact he was. If you're averaging 18 points a game on an undefeated college team, the number one team in the country, you're not supposed to be ranked in those positions. So what changed? What I'm asking is what changed when he blew up, so quote unquote, blew up on the, on the EYBL? What changed? He didn't get more athletic. He didn't all of a sudden become faster and more explosive. So it's obviously some of the things you, you talk about and you touched upon. So I think that's the same thing is going to be the problem going into this draft. Or, or if it, let's say he goes next year, but I, I think he should take a chance this year. Is, um, you know, the scouts and brass don't factor in those intangibles as much as you give and as much as me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at what point are they going to take a risk on a player with his makeup? Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling they think. You know, that to, to risk a high a 20 pick or 25 or, or end of the first round or even the high second round. You know, what's the highest pick someone's going to be willing to take a chance on that? So I think those things that he's going to have to show to get into that high second round, maybe late first round, he's going to need to show he can stand his range and shoot it, you know, with a little more volume. He's going to have to shoot it more. Mm-hmm. Not Again, you mentioned he's not even taking a three a game at the college line. Um he simply doesn't have to do that on his Gonzaga team, and I think that's what people are going to look at closely. Um, looking at his highlights, he's obviously beating and um, outplaying a lot of WCC post players. I think some, many of them are not NBA players, sure. just looking at it. And uh, he's not going to be able to go overpower or blow by some of those guys. So he's going to have to expand his offensive repertoire. I think he does. I think he does fit in. So those weaknesses are just the obvious ones and why he was ranked where he was coming out of uh, uh, Pierce High School, you know, is the, the – the, answer the questions about the athleticism. How can he make up for that? I just think nowadays people are so enamored with that that they're just not going to – some teams are just not going to take that chance. Whereas maybe me, if you were looking at him as a second rounder or late first rounder, we might take a deeper dive. Yeah, I hear you. And I hear a lot of the same things coming from evaluators, whatever it may be, is he's not explosive enough. He's not athletic enough. Who's he going to guard? Can he be a rim protector at 6'10 in the NBA? Um, can he switch on on ball screens contain? Can he hedge and recover? Can he do all those things? Uh, because he's not fleet of foot, and he's not super you know, long and, and lanky and athletic like an Evan Mobley. And those concerns are fair. I think those are valid concerns. Uh, I think, Ronnie, if he was shooting the three-point shot at like – a 35% clip on like three to four or five three-pointers a game, we'd be having a completely different conversation. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying by that. But there's a reason, like you said, to back to my point, there's a reason why Gonzaga's undefeated because right. he's not and he doesn't have to. And that's not a good shot for them. I'm with you. Maybe he can shoot. Yeah. yeah. That's just not his role at, at Gonzaga. Yeah. And that's why they're 29 and 0. Yeah. That's why they're in the, you know, elite eight heading to a, a potential final four appearance, yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, he's shooting 31.6% from three on the season at 0.7 attempts per game. Uh, if those attempts were higher, would the percent be higher? Maybe, but we, we don't know that. So we have to take this. Um, I think 
Another thing you look at, he's 6'10", 235, and he's averaging 7.2 rebounds a game. Is that because, you know, Gonzaga makes a whole lot of shots, or is that because yeah. they have a whole lot of good rebounders? I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, they're shooting as a team. they got to be shooting a high percentage, and he's shooting, obviously, a high percentage. Jaden Suggs is pretty efficient. Again, I mean, they have a really good team. They're not taking many bad shots, so they don't get many. You know, maybe they're not leading in offensive rebound efficiency and things like that. You know, so. Yeah, yeah it's just – you know, you look at all the, like we said, versatility, intangibles, skill, IQ, passing ability, scoring around the basket. The one thing that is the missing ingredient that everyone looks for is athleticism, right? Explosive. Sure. All of those things. And I think, I, I think Drew Timmy is one of those guys who's going to find an NBA fit because he plays so hard, because he's so smart, and because he, he just plays the game the right way, right? Sure. And I think even though he's not a freakish athlete, even though he's not a high-level shot blocker, rim protector, or you know, highlight real dunk kind of guy, I still think there's a place for a guy like him in the NBA because he's so skilled, so smart, and a guy who's going to work. And probably, I'm going to say he's going to shoot better than 31% from three in the NBA, probably be a guy who's able to develop that three-point skill set. Um but yeah, right. It's it's a tough one. There's a lot of there's a lot of mixed reviews on Drew Timmy and his NBA potential, and a lot of it stems from lack of athleticism and lack of explosiveness, Ronnie, or the lack of a, a true knockdown three point shooting ability. Um, you got anything else to add on that? Yeah, I I, I think those three main things are people are going to keep talking about and, and and talking about, and you know it's going to be a broken record as as he enters the NBA draft or when he, he decides to, to take that, you know, chance or, or take a look at it. Um, you know, not much more to add to that other than that is the thing that people is going to keep going back to it in high school. Again, why he was ranked there and why he's ranked that way going into the NBA draft type of mock drafts and things like that. But Devin, why is he so productive and good? Why was he a McDonald's All-American? Why was he... Why are we talking about him now? He's got to do something good. So, I mean, that's where I'm left at is forget all that stuff in terms of intangibles, uh, like in, adding to uh, like length and athleticism. If you don't have the intangibles, he's not even in this conversation. So, again, we're going to see him. Gonzaga plays USC in this round of uh, eight. And then that's the ultimate matchup that he wants that I think people are going to really look closely at. Okay, Ronnie, let's jump into the comparables for Drew Timmy, and we're going to do some NBA comparables. There's a lot of names on this list, Ronnie, that some people who, who watch this show or listen to this show aren't going to recognize. So why don't you kick it off and give us some of your names? Yeah, they're going to have to really dig, and that's good, because if you're going to draft Drew Timmy, you're going to have to dig and find what it is that you really like about him or what it is that you think he'd stick and give you seven or ten years, that, that type of player. I think... You know, he could be a good role player, and that's what and that's what he's going to be. When you look at some of these players, uh, I like uh, Jared Sullinger, who went to Ohio State and w- made a big impact. Uh, Luke Babbitt, who went to the University of Nevada. I thought he was a, a good comparable. And then you look at Zach Collins, maybe a little bit more explosive around the rim, a former Gonzaga guy who went to Bishop Gorman. Again, th- those are just guys – you see some similarities too. The guy I really would like to see if it, if it came to 
fruition, and this was his ceiling, is Christian Leitner, the former Duke star. Now you say Christian Leitner, wait a minute, he's an all-time great, you know, NCAA player. But I'm talking about the player he became with in the NBA, more based up, had to show his skill a little bit more. He was able to in college. He was able to beat guys with deceptive foot speed. Like I remember, he outplayed Alonzo Mourning and Shaq because he was able to move and shoot a little bit. Get skilled. People said, "Wow, this guy's really skilled." Mm-hmm. Away from. He's in the same situation as Drew because he had great college teammates, you know, Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley, those type of guys. But he found his role, and he was actually pretty good in the NBA. And I think that's where where Drew, if he can get, you know, 10 points, 12 points, five rebounds, a couple assists, that's pretty good for a late, you know, a second round, late second rounder or, you know, high late first rounder. So um, meaning late in the first round. So if you look at that, I, I think those are fair comparables. It's not out of the realm. I mean. His skill can develop like Christian Leitner. They have similar footwork. Maybe Leitner just had that ump as the man. You know, Leitner is very interesting. A lot of people didn't think he was going to be good in, in – uh, they didn't think he was going to be that impactful at Duke. They had very a lot of question marks, same as Drew Timmy. He wasn't ranked in the top ten. He was a McDonald's All-American and whatnot. So it's very similar. So I, I think Drew Timmy has a chance to prove people wrong at two levels, college and, and the NBA. Yeah, I think your your Christian Leitner comparison and that kind of ceiling is is kind of where we're going with this and kind of what we agree on because Leitner had a similar skill set, right? Yeah, not, super basket, not super fast, but he could face the basket, go by guys, and his footwork was a spin move or his up yeah. and unders and finishing around the basket with either hand. He had those things. Yeah. Those are tools that um, um, Drew Timmy also has. Yeah. A guy I like, Ronnie, in my, my, compar- my comparables, and a guy who I think – you know, NBA career-wise is who Drew, Drew Timmy should try to strive for is Nick Collison. I mean, yeah. he played – I mean, he was in the NBA for so long, right? I can't even – I mean, 15-plus years in the NBA for Nick Collison. And he was just an intangibles guy, um, hard worker, you know, rebounder, run the floor, be physical. I think those are those are similar traits to what Drew Timmy, you know, can provide to an NBA team. I think Drew Timmy is probably a little bit more offensively skilled and offensively gifted than Nick Collison. And he can do, you know, a little bit more things than Nick Collison offensively. I agree with as that. Far as, a, as far as like a, how, you know, how long you want to stick in the NBA and the type of role you want to have, Nick Collison is a good, good guy to strive for. Uh, another guy I want to mention is Brad Miller. And I'm going to shout out our guy, Daniel Soto for, you know, helping us out with some of these compare comparables. Uh, Brad Miller, you know, really good passer, uh, scored inside and out with the, with the Kings, ended up making a really good career out of being a role guy, uh, you know, started in the NBA for a long time. But a guy who was really good as a, a pick-and-pop player, uh, yeah. a trail guy, a trail guy who hit threes. And, and he found his role. He found his role, and he, you know, he, he made up for a lack of explosiveness with toughness, physicality, and just kind of skill with his back to the basket. Uh, you know, another – guy who I like who who um, Drew kind of fits for me is Boris Diaw. Similar fluidity, similar size, similar body types, and both have IQs, right? That's the key is IQ for the game, passing ability, uh, you know, making things happen for themselves despite a lack of athleticism or explosiveness. Diaw was crafty. He was creative yeah. um, with, with, you know, pass fakes, shot fakes, you know, back to the basket moves, but he can also step out and hit a face up, you know, a set shot out of a pick and pop. And I think those are the the areas where Drew Timmy is going to be able to make 
his career is being a guy who can score, you know, over mismatches in the paint with his back to the basket, screen roll, uh, using his footwork and hands and touch around the basket to finish, and then really, really getting that pick and pop shooting ability uh, to where he can be a, a threat as a guy to spread the floor. A couple other names we have here, Ronnie, we both kind of discussed. David Lee. I think David Lee might be a better rebounder than Drew Timmy. A little more uh, athletic. A little bit more athletic, better rebounder. Uh, Mo Wagner. And this is a real throwback. Real throwback, Shavlik Randolph. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I think similar body types, athleticism, skill sets as Shavlik Randolph had. Um, but yeah, those are, you know, it's an interesting comparison. It goes from, you know, an all-time college great to uh, a role guy in the NBA. And I think that's kind of the career arc that Drew Timmy's looking at. Yeah. Devin, um, I want to follow up on that and just kind of give some perspective of the guys we're talking about and we and we compared um, to Drew Timmy. Nick Collison, which is one you kind of banked on when he went to Kansas. You know, he's from Iowa Falls. He was ranked eight, uh, you know, by All-Star Sports and 22 by the Hoops. Could we go look at the BallsLife.com database? I'm going off those numbers. Uh, you know, that's pretty high and that's a big range, you know. So I, I think Nick Collison was closer to that number eight range there that uh you know as you go look at the database and shavlik randolph for a while in his class he's in 2002 and obviously was a big recruit for duke he was ranked closer to the top top five guy in his class and then he kind of leveled off his senior people said they had some questions about how athletic how good he could be and he was average he was 19 and 26 um hendry allenson we mentioned you know 23 uh, 247, number five by ESPN. They thought really high of him and, and rivals number 11. And like I said, uh, you know, Christian Lehner wasn't ranked all that high in his class and was a great class. So, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm looking, going back to the Nick Collison comparison. If, if Drew Timmy was in Nick Collison's class in 1999, over 20 years ago, I think he'd be ranked closer to eight and 20 and, or 22 instead of where he was in his class was his average composites down in like the 46 range. You know, people had him in the 50s. They had him in the 40s. You know, so it, it – but those guys were pretty – very all good college players, especially Nick Collison and obviously Christian Leitner. You know, Henry Allison didn't stick around that long because he got drafted pretty high, probably drafted – that Drew Timmy's going to be drafted. But I think he – I think Drew Timmy could be more productive. Hmm. You know, so it's very interesting – to look at these guys where they were in high school and how that translated to where they eventually went in the draft or how the, what type of careers they had. So, you know, I, I like your Nick Collison comparison, and I do think he's even a little bit more skilled or can be able to show a little more skills in today's game than Nick. All right, let's move on to our future forecast for Drew Timmy. Ronnie, I will start here. And the first question I have written here is, is Drew Timmy a long-term NBA player? Um Yes, I think so, because that's me. I value skill over athleticism and length. And with his passing IQ ability, um, his his screen roll, you know, kind of a, be a short roll guy who can potentially hit that 15-foot, you know, set shot or, uh, you know, expose a, a mismatch and get to the basket and finish. Uh, I think with – I mean, it's all going to depend on the right fit. And I think – where he's going to get drafted, you know, in that I think it's a late first round type of situation. I think 
Drew Timmy is going to find himself a spot on a on a solid contender and be a guy who can come off the bench immediately and give minutes and solid minutes um, and be like a you know seven eight nine seven eight guy off the bench and you know give a team you know a, a solid minutes solid production um, and not make mistakes. Um, should he declare for the NBA draft after the season? Yeah, for sure because Gonzaga is likely likely going to be you know, final four, you know, potential national championship level team. And I think as far as his, his stock goes, it probably only gets this high, right? Okay. The so that's another question people are going to have is his ceiling. Yeah. What's his ceiling? You know, you're not going to, you look at Evan Mobley and it's like, oh my God, this guy can be an NBA grader. He's going to be a very good NBA player. When you look at Drew Timmy's ceiling, obviously he's not going to be the number one or two pick in the draft, but. You say, well, what's his ceiling? See, so that you're saying, like, he's not his ceiling ain't going to be higher with one more season at Gonzaga. No, I mean, you look at his numbers this season so far through 29 undefeated games, Ronnie. It's it's 18.9 points, 7.2 rebounds, 2.3 assists, and like you mentioned, shooting 65.7 percent from the field. Yeah, uh, and you know, just just a tick under 70 percent from the free throw line, which is solid for a 6'10 guy. You look at Big men in the NBA now. I mean, you're in the low 60s, high 50s range for for some of them. So um, that's not a that's, those are those aren't bad numbers, and those are probably numbers that um, he'll probably peak at at, at Gonzaga. And Correct. So I'm when look, I look at him, to cut you off, is his numbers on an undefeated team or potentially undefeated team? He comes back next year, and if that that shooting percentage is going to drop a little bit because he's going to have more defensive attention. Yeah. And then he's gonna, his game's going to get nitpicked, and it's not going to be much better. So I'm with you that he should go and, and, and you know, take his chances with where he may get drafted because, like you said, he's in an ideal situation and hopefully he finds the right ideal NBA situation. So I'm with you. I think he could be a late second rounder. Maybe he might, uh, you know, sneak up until the end of the first first round. But I think what he's going to give a team at, at, that, at that pick is going to be more – than satisfactory, and he's going to have a very good chance to stick because of what we mentioned in his skill set. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for our Drew Timmy episode of On the Rise. And for more On the Rise content, head to the Ball is Live podcast network on YouTube, where you can see all of our past shows, which include breakdowns of Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, Kay Cunningham, and other future, potential future NBA stars. And for other content, head to ballislife.com, check out the Fab 50 National Rankings. Check out our new Ball is Live database where you can search all of these old school players we mentioned on this show. And also head to shop.ballislife.com. Copy yourself some of the latest gear, hoodies, shirts, socks, jackets. We got everything you need at shop.ballislife.com. But until the next episode of On the Rise, Ronnie and Devin are signing off.